Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. The title of my message is this, Are We Living in the End Times? Are We Living in the End Times? Now, I think it's important as a pastor not just to tickle people's fancy, but to educate us on what the scripture says. Because it's obvious that if you're not living, if, unless you're living under a rock, that there's some crazy, tumultuous things that are happening in the world today. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be hard to just go to sleep at night because you're inundated constantly with information about what happened here, what happened there. And a lot of psychologists say, social scientists say, that we are increasingly depressed and discouraged because unlike times before, maybe times in the 60s or 70s, so to speak, or even before that, people just didn't have access to the information that we do today, so to speak. So are we living in the end of times? We see hurricanes, all right? We've been praying for the Floridians, so to speak. We see earthquakes. We see uh, uh, tidal waves. We see things happening. We see mass murders. We see all of these things. And the thing about the Bible is, watch this, the Bible has the answers for all of these things that happen. That's why y'all got to get into the God's word because he answers these questions that we have in life. So are we living in the end times? I don't mean to scare anyone or just uh, to, to make anyone nervous, but I want to educate you on what the Bible has to say about things that you are already say, seeing. Somebody say amen, all right? I heard a story about an airplane who had, had severe engine trouble. So the pilot contacted the nearest control tower and gave this message. Pilot to tower, pilot to tower, we are 400 miles from land and 800 feet above the water. Please advise, please advise. A few moments passed. A message came back from the control tower. Tower to pilot, tower to pilot. Repeat the following. Our Father who art in heaven. Wow, what a sobering message. We live in sobering times. I recently saw this in the New York Times. And you know times are bad when even the New York Times starts putting faith articles up. All right, the New York Times had an article in April 26, 2020. It says this, the apocalypse as an unveiling, what religion teaches us, us about the end times. You know, over the last, I'm a millennial. How many millennials in the building, all right? Let's go millennials, 90s, the best decade. Sorry, 70s, sorry, 60s. Britney Spears was, my, if it wasn't for Karina Alfaro, I would have married Britney Spears. But you know what, I have to say, I have to say, she went, she went cray-cray. No offense, but you just, you know, just went different life, all right? I have to be honest. I mean, this is an honest moment, y'all. I had a huge crush on Britney Spears, right? Hit me, baby. What is it? I forgot the song. One more time. Anyway. Christina Aguilera. I like Britney Spears better. Anyway. But, hey, don't get it twisted. I know you guys are all over that Backstreet Boys and NC. Come on, all right? Sometimes when that comes on the TV, I see my wife. She's like, what's that? Oh, yeah. Back streets, back. Anyway, all right. I grew up in the 90s and the 2000s, all right. And it seems as if a lot of topics were about the end of times, whether it was in culture, deeply in culture, um, uh, just music and movies and books and video games. But this is not exclusive to the 90s, I'm sure, and to 
the 2000s, my in-laws are here and they lived through the Cuban Missile Crisis and hiding on your desk and bunkers and, and the, the assassination of Martin Luther King. It was a very similar time today to those times. And as I'm thinking about culture, I'm thinking about CCR, uh, Clearwater, um, Credence Clearwater Revival. Sorry, that's a, that's a tongue twister, right? I see a bad moon rising. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all right? I see trouble on the way, right? I see earthquakes and, I'm sorry, Kareem, where are you at, all right? I see bad times today, all right? Don't go around tonight. Well, it's bound to take your life, all right? There's a bad moon on the rise. How many of you just love CCR? Come on, all right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, put me in coat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm ready to play the game. Anyway, all right? Apocalypse. And I, I read as I was doing my sermon prep for the message that somebody on YouTube said, man, CCR is amazing. They said that the bad moon rising, that's an amazing song. And it, it, the lyrics are just, and he says, what the heck? Can I say that? I don't know. He said, what the, it's about the end of the world. I didn't know that. All right. So it's newsflash to him. But what we see in culture, whether it's the 60s, the 70s, the 90s, or the early 2000s, it is deeply ingrained in culture about there's something to do with the end of the world, whether you're religious or not. I think there's an idea of that. What we see around us, there ha, there, it brings a nervousness and a thoughtfulness about, man, what, how, why are these things happening? And where can I find answers in that? Well, the answers are in the Bible. Come on, someone say amen. They're in the Bible. I remember in the early 2000s, movies like Deep Impact, that tidal wave that was like, whoa, okay, I know I'm going to go to the mountains if I'm just ready for that, all right? How about the day after tomorrow, all right? Statue of Liberty member, people were going to Mexico in that movie anyway, all right? How about Armageddon? How about Armageddon? Liv Tyler, that's another crush I had, all right? Forgive me, Lord Jesus, all right? Armageddon, all right? And I don't want to miss a thing. That's all right. Anyway, or, or, or recently, or kind of recently, Mad Max or the Book of Eli. Or how about this TV show? I forget what. There's some TV shows that are crazy. My wife's already telling me, cancel that cable. Cancel it. All right. Doomsday Preppers. Has anyone heard of that? Where people are actually preparing for doomsday. So it's quite popular in culture, video games, music, movies, that there's this idea about the end of the world. Well, friend, let me tell you today that it is true that one day there will be an end of the world, that we are, I believe, living in the last days. How do we know that we're living in the last days? It says this in the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Don't be naive. What a great way to open up. Say, don't be naive. Don't. Okay, that's fine. Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. And I don't want to scare you, but I have to speak the truth. If you think that times have been so challenging and hard and just overwhelming, watch this. This is just honest truth, but I have good news. Say good news. You have not seen the hardest of times yet. You haven't. The Bible says in Revelation, which honestly, I get tired of my contemporaries, not sometimes, many of them, especially the big churches, are not teaching Revelation. Why? We're not getting people ready, all right? And we need to be ready. Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self, watch this, these are the signs of the times. People are going to be self-absorbed, more hungry self-promoting, all right, or money-hungry. I was like, oh, more hungry? Someone called me pancito today. I'm like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Dang, 
I'm a lot hungry, God. <laughs> I read that wrong. I don't, it's not on the screen. More hungry? I'm thinking about food right now. All right, money hungry. Let me correct that. Money hungry, self-promoting, stuck up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, (laughs) this is the Bible, bloated windbags, all right, addicted to lust, and watch this, allergic to God. They'll make a show of religion. Now, this is the scary part because it's talking about religious people now, perhaps Christians. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. You know, as you read that list, what's scary about that is it seems like that's the norm of today, right? And we see that we're in these times. And not only is that, those are signs of the times. Jesus himself says in Matthew 24, there's going to be rumors of wars, earthquakes. Things are going to be happening. And watch this. Persecution will start to begin to be on the rise. And we see that today. All right? We see persecution. We see that people don't like you for what you believe because you believe in this. Watch this, and this is powerful, amen, all right? I will never forget, um, I shared this story years ago, but I remember I used to play baseball. I did, I wasn't in this condition, all right? I used to play baseball, and uh, I played in San Francisco. I'll never forget, never, never. I had to take a night class. I didn't care about school. All I wanted to do was play baseball. But one time I was taking this night English class, and I will never forget, it was a 7, no, 6 p.m. class, big class, all right, 60, 60 people. It was a three-hour-long class, and I remember that the professor came, and she started scaring people. Had nothing to do with education whatsoever. She said at the time, talking about millennial, have you guys seen an inconvenient truth? And she started to really scare people and say, she actually said this, that we're going to be so, uh, the resources are going to be gone, that people are going to start being cannibals and start eating people. Honestly, something in my spirit, it was probably the Holy Spirit, didn't sit right with me. The atmosphere in the room was just droopy, down, discouraged. I just raised my hand. I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that at all. I'm a Christian, and I believe that the Bible says that there is the end of times, but God is going to come back for his people and rescue them to be with him forevermore. Come on, someone. That might be your destiny, but that certainly isn't mine. Come on, someone. That's what I'm here to tell you today is that you don't have to be afraid. Leading during 2020, the church was one of the most maturing things that I'd ever gone through in my life. I mean, I'm speaking just from my heart. Going through the grocery stores, seeing the fear in people's eyes and minds, not knowing what to say to them. God, why did you call me to lead in this era, right? But God somehow trusted me, and I remember just... Uh, just doing my best to give people hope. See, here's the reality, and here's what the message that I would share with people during that time, and even this time, is that for uh, even in uncertain times, there is a certainty and an assurance for the people of God. Come on, somebody, amen. During famine, pestilence, COVID-19, although that there, we live in uncertain times, watch this, we have a certain promises that should hold us down and anchor us down in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all, you out there, all right? That we don't have to be afraid, all right? There's tons of scriptures on that. So I want to teach a little bit 
on this idea of the end of time. So just to summarize, I do believe that we are in the end of times. And sometimes, I have to just be a little honest, I was always a little bit annoyed growing with, up with that uh, because I always heard that in the church. It's the end of times. And I'm like, every generation is the, the last generation, all right? Let me get, grow up, get married, play baseball, <laughs> marry Britney Spears, all right? All right, just let me do that, Lord, you know? But here's the idea, is that God wants us to be prepared. Say prepared. God wants us to be ready. And I'm going to pause, just slow down for a second. Because one of the things that I've been fighting in my personal faith, and it has been so discouraging to me right now, which is very true, that people who once used to walk with Jesus so fired up, so passionate, watch this, have now walked away. And watch this, they are not ready. The Bible says this, I'm going off my notes because I feel like God is just moving right now. The Bible says this, the train is coming, don't miss the train. And the Bible says this, he will come like a thief in the night. What that means, it's suspenseful, it's not planned. He's going to come at an hour. Watch this, most Christians, if not all denominations, do not argue whether Jesus is coming back. It is affirmative and it is clear that there will be a second coming, that Jesus will come back. He came to us as a lamb first, now he's coming back to us as a lion, all right, the second time. So he says, be prepared. Part of me is to be like a, a sergeant in the army to train you to be ready. Come on, someone, somebody say amen to be prepared, all right, to make sure that you are, your bags are packed, so to speak, all right. And what I'm not saying is this, drain out your 401k, take out all your funds, go live life, and just live, you know, that's just undisciplined, that's unruly, that's stupid, okay. <laughs> be prepared means being disciplined, all right, be responsible. And more importantly, I have to share this with you as well, the reason, one of the reasons that God asked me to start this church six years old, is I felt a burden and a fire in my heart. Honestly, my, my, my professors had shared with me in Romans. They said, class, he said, Mr. Duzik, I'm never, just retiring this year. He said, class, you have been entrusted at 21 years old with the words of Jesus Christ. Now, if you hide that under a lamp and do nothing with it, God will hold you accountable for not sharing that with the people out there. And let me tell you, I've had a passion to share it with people, to give people hope, to give people certainty that there is a preciousness and a rest that is found and a salvation that is found and a hope that is found in Jesus Christ and no other place, no other bank account, no other relationship, no other boyfriend, no other career, no other proclivity. It is only found in Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. So how do we get rapture? You know, you hear people sometimes, they try to get smart with you, and they say, rapture's not in the Bible. How do you know? How many heard that argument? Rapture's not in the Bible. Actually, it is. It's in the Greek, not in the Latin, okay? I'm educated. I know, all right? It says this. It, we get rapture from rapio in Latin, all right? The Latin Vulgate was translated in the 4th century, all right, because originally the Bible was inscribed in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And where we get this idea of rapture is from the Greek language, all right, which I can read and write a bit. Hey, hey, all right. Anyway, however, the original Greek, watch this, is the word right here for caught up means harpazo. Say harpazo. Harpazo. Say harpazo, which means to be caught up or snatched away or removed. It means to be caught up, all right. It means to be snatched away or removed. Why is that word important? This word is, this word is so significant to you and me. 
Because what the Apostle Paul is saying, he's, he's, he's kind of, right now the church and the Thessalonians, they're actually scared and frightened because they've been taught that Jesus is coming back, and he is, all right? But they think that those who died before his return miss the train. So they're saying, well, if, if he comes back and those people died in faith, are they going to be left behind in their death? And Paul says, absolutely not. If people who have believed in Christ as their Lord and Savior have died or asleep before the coming of Jesus, they're going to be the very first ones to come to, ri- to rise in Christ. Then those who are alive will be caught up with them. Come on, y'all out there, right? You're following me, all right? So he talks about this. But why is this so significant to the Christian faith? Because on the prophetic time calendar, there are these events. The events. The rapture is number one. That's the next one. Say number one. The rapture. All right. Number two. The great tribulation. Let me just say this. No Christian really debates. I don't think you can actually be a Christian and actually uh, not believe. If you don't believe that Jesus is his second return, I don't know if you can be a Christian. Because why would you not want him to come back? All right. This world needs hope in Jesus Christ, right? What is debated among doctrines and faith and, or Christians is when the rapture will happen. You follow me? Pre-trib, post-trib, uh, a-trib, all right? It, it, it's a teaching whether we're going to be here for the next prophetic thing, which is, watch this, the great tribulation period. Say great tribulation You're getting educated, all right, which is so significant for you because when you go home and watch the news and when you hear Joe Biden talk about Armageddon, you don't have to be afraid because you know what God says. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to get political. I'm getting biblical. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name, all right, biblical, all right. And I, by the way, just on a side note, Democrats and Republicans come in here, all right. It's about Jesus Christ first and foremost. Amen. Somebody say amen. And watch this. I'm actually going to preach a message called Together, Togetherness, all right, um, after Matthew, Matthew Barnett comes. Because what the world would do is try to separate you guys and tell you what you don't. I thought that time already? Oh, I got still like uh, 10 minutes, all right? Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's, it, pray Britney Spirit. No, I see. No, I'm kidding. All right. All right. I'm just having fun. I'm glad we can make it light because it is a deep subject. But the world will try to separate you by what divides you, what you don't have in common, by your race, by your social economic status, by where you come from. But that's not how Christians live. We come together, most importantly, on what um, not divides us, but what we have in common. And we have all the same blood, the blood of Jesus, forgiveness by his precious rede- redemption and blood. That's what we do. We don't let them separate us. Somebody say amen. And how, how beautiful. I grew up in a church with stained glass windows, the diversity and the mosaic, you know, so to speak. That's what Christ's uh, church should resemble. Come on, someone. The Bible does says, says, says this, every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be found in heaven. Come on, y'all. God is not exclusive. He is inclusive. Somebody say amen. Let me get back to the Greek. Harpazo, rapture. The rapture is so significant. Because the next thing after the rapture is the great tribulation. This is in the Bible, Revelation chapter 6. And this is a time where God will pour out judgment upon the world. He will pour out wrath upon the world. There there will be a time in which the world has never seen before. All right. This will be just tons of death, 
famine, sickness, God will release judgment through his angels. I believe the seven seals after Revelation chapter 6, it's a period of seven years of judgment. And there will still be one more opportunity for people to come to Christ after that time period. But you don't want to go through that. Come on, someone say amen. It is there. You don't have to. Uh, I'm not lying to you. It's in the Bible. All right. That's how you know Christianity is not an occult because everyone has the access. All right. Uh, so read it. I'll read it. But watch this. I want to speak about this because what's important about this is that if you believe in Christ and you're part of his bride, the church, Jesus, you will not have to be part of that tribulation, that judgment on the earth. You say, Pastor Michael, why would God judge the earth? It's a justice thing. It's a ju- Do you know that there's no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood? Do you know that? That's why in the Old Testament they used to sacrifice goats and lambs. But this is why in these last days, so to speak, God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross, bled by his stripes. We are uh, healed. Come on, y'all. By his blood once and for all, forgiveness for all who believe. That's why the church is so significant in the world today. It's how God uses the church, even though the church is not perfect. But you say, why would God judge the world? Well, anyone who does not have that is not atoned for, is open to that judgment. You see that? Here's the thing that a lot of Christians don't understand. God judged Jesus. And how did he do that? He poured out wrath upon him. Jesus was beaten, maligned. He was murdered on a cross. All right, he was spit on. They made fun of him. If, if you're God, get down from that cross. Do you guys remember the story? There was a thief on the left of him. That's why when you see art and pictures, there was three crosses Jesus was in the middle. One was on one side, one was on the other. Do you guys remember this? There, was a, there, was, there were both thieves, and it was just that they, what was happening to them. One was making fun of Jesus. You get us down from here if you're God. The other one was repentant. He said, Lord, this is just punishment for me, but will you remember me when you go to your kingdom? And Jesus looked at him and said, this very day, will be in paradise. Isn't God so graceful that even when this man was dying, he said, you'll come with me. Only if you acknowledge that I am the son of God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That is free access to anyone. Anyone that shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen, all right? But watch this. There's so many souls, so many lives out there who are hardened to God who won't change their ways, who will still do what they want to do. And you might say, Pastor Michael, that's not fair to the old ladies that are good. That's not fair to my neighbor who's a good person. But we, we cannot judge. We can't, we're, who are we to come up with the status of what good and bad is? Isn't that only up to God? And the Bible says that no one is good, not even if we tried, all right? My wife can tell you how bad I am. No, I'm just kidding, all right? Well, watch this. We don't define good based upon our terms. It's not our terms to define. It's God's terms. That's why he sent his one and only son. But watch this. God will come back for his church before the tribulation. And look what Luke chapter 17, 26 says this. We know this to be true, that God will take his church before the great tribulation. I believe we have it on the screen. He uses these illustrations to help us understand. Watch this. Just as it was in the days, look at Jesus. You know, often in theology, people will say, it can't be true. The Garden of Eden's not true. Noah, how can the animals come to him two by two? No way is that true. But watch this. If Jesus is quoting it, then it must be true. Come on, someone. Jesus, just as it was in the days of Noah, God judged the world before. Watch this. 
so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating. Now this is the part that scares me. And, and it not scares me, it bothers me. People were eating, drinking, and marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Watch this. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. People were eating. You know, this is the challenge that I have with that, is that people do this, Christians do this all the time today. They're living their life. And I'm not trying to, I'm not judging anybody. That's not what I do. I'm here to help people and get, pick, build people. But watch this. Remember that Jesus died for you and purchased you with his own blood and has the best plans that you could ever have, that better plans that you could ever plan in your own life. We need to be a church that doesn't put God last. We need to be a church that puts God first and makes him a priority, not, not just I'll get there when I get there. I am like you. I have two kids under three. It's crazy, all right? But watch this. You will live a blessed, fulfilled, anointed, gifted life when you prioritize God. I promise you, when you chase the light and you get closer to Jesus, less stress you will have. I sound like Yoda. You'll have less anxiety. You'll have less proclivity as you get closer. Closer to the the presence of God. Watch this. The Bible says, come near to God, and God will come near to you. Isn't that good? Make God a priority. I know, I know that there are things, life has changed, work has changed, family has changed, but don't change putting God first in your life. Come on, somebody. We'll see blessing come upon your life uh, if you put him first. Say first. Let me just say this. I got to wrap up. I'm, I'm going quickly. All right, so in the days of Lot, Sodom, fire, and sulfur rained down from heaven. But watch, here's the illustration. Noah and the ark, the flood, and Lot, Sodom, and Gomorrah. What did God do before he judged it? He removed his faithful, loving children before he poured out judgment. Watch, here's the promise. Before the great tribulation, there will be a rapture where we will go back to our bridegroom, our Savior. He will take us to be with him forever and eternity. So we we won't have to suffer wrath just as Paul is saying. Someone give the Lord a clap for that. Isn't that good news? Isn't that give you freedom? See, the people, and it's okay if you're here, but I want to educate you. The people that are afraid of the end of times don't know their place in Scripture. They don't know. They don't know. Their relationship's a little interesting. But watch this. If that's you today, rest assured with certainty that if you trust and have faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior, God is going to take you. You don't have to be afraid. He's going to protect you, and he's going to remove you before judgment comes. Why? Watch this. Because when Jesus died on the cross... He judged his son in your place. So your judgment has been paid in full because Jesus took that judgment for you. Come on, that good news? All right, so watch this. Two more things and we'll go. It's just to illustrate the rapture. Just to illustrate the rapture. The Bible says this. No one knows the hour, not even Jesus nor the angel. But what is so hypocritical and so interesting and amazing to me how many pastors say i know when he's coming i mean i know by my book and you'll see when he's coming all right let's do this you'll see when he it's like dude the jesus don't know so what makes you think you know all right i'll never forget i saw the mayan the calendar remember that that was supposed to happen on the 210 freeway the mayan apocalypse is going to happen i was just waiting no it didn't all right 
Nobody knows. That's the point. The point is you don't know because God wants you to be ready. Come on. God wants you to be ready. But here's the signs because the Bible says the signs of the times. How many of you love Christmas? That's my favorite holiday. I'm so sorry if your birthday is on Christmas. Jesus is sorry too. He's like, I'm, I'm, it's, uh, yeah. All right. So how many, you know, there's signs for Christmas. There's the, 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 the drinks. There's the, the songs, right? Abahali, all those songs, right? There's signs that it's drawing closer to Christmas, right? Advent, there's holidays and, or there's um, festival, you know, celebrations and all that, all right? But sadly, Thanksgiving always gets missed, right? <laughs> it goes Halloween, Christmas, right? But you start to see these signs about Christmas is coming. And you know Christmas is coming, or you know that Thanksgiving is much sooner when you see those, you see those Christmas things coming out, right? It's the same with the rapture. When you see these, this climate and this atmosphere, not only is the tribulation coming, but what's coming even sooner is the rapture. That's why you got to be ready. That's why you got to be ready. So watch this. It says, therefore, keep watch because you know, because you know, uh, you do not know what day or hour the Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour that you do not expect. All right. So what he gives us three things and we'll end with this. Watch this. He says it here. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith, love, and breast, the breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet warrior. All right. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together. Now here's the part. Therefore, say therefore. Watch. Now this is what we do as we are prepared and wait. Encourage. Say encourage. Encourage one another and build each other up. It amazes me that this is a place, I promise you, where if you come faithfully, your life will be built up and encouraged. How many of you need encouragement in these days that we live? Man, I'm a pastor and I need encouragement. Come on, y'all, all right? But I love Sunday morning. You might see me, met me in the foyer outside because I love being encouraged by you. I love to encourage you. We need each other in these days days that we live to encourage each other to build each other up to edify each other as iron sharpens iron so does one man sharpen another it means that you don't shrink back in the days in which we live it means you burn brighter to be a light amidst darkness in Jesus name and here's the last verse and we'll go it says this in Deuteronomy 13 4 and I want to leave you with this remain loyal to him fear him and obey his commands watch this you know why it's so easy to be loyal to Jesus, oh, he's the most forgiving, graceful, merciful person you will ever know. That's why it's so good to be loyal to him. Man, I get tired of me. My wife gets tired of me. I'm like, man, I need to be more like Jesus, and I'm on my way, all right? But that's why it's so good to be faithful to him, because he's so loyal and faithful to me, amen? He doesn't demand loyalty. He gives you utter loyalty, Amen? And that's how we become loyal to him. Remain loyal to him. Fear him and obey his command. Listen to his voice. Worship him alone. Be fervently devoted to him. Uh, and, and, that's, that's, and that's our vision, all right? Watch this. Eternity. Actually, we have every head bowed and every eye closed. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.